listening to the bob and bo show here are your hosts ty bob ty bo and sean welcome back to the show everyone i'm ty bob we are joined by ty bo and sean coming back to you after nfl's final week of the regular season week 18 and we had some big big games some big big wins and some teams that took brutal losses to end maybe some players' careers? Mm-hmm. Maybe? Before we get into that, we do have a little bit of news because there are coaches who are ending their seasons and tenures with organizations. First off, coming from Ian Rappaport, the Texans did fire head coach Lovey Smith. Uh, coming from, again, Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofalo, another one-and-done for the Texans, it doesn't look good down there. It never looks good down there. Um, I am glad they won that game. Oh, yes. That's perfect, Lovey Smith. Hey, screw you guys. You gave me this one year. You're not going to get the number one pick. It's a fantastic DC. Could we see Spags leave Kansas City and bring in a guy like Lovey? I know Andy and Lovey, not to, I don't think, I don't know if they've worked before, but, you know, in passing, they've they've been around each other in the league for a while. I wouldn't be mad at that. Wouldn't I would be mad love at that, at all. that. He's a hell of a DC. We do have news of another firing, and this goes off the back of uh, some some other very important news to come down throughout the regular uh, throughout the year. Coming from Adam Schefter, the Arizona Cardinals have fired head coach Cliff Kingsbury, who ten months ago signed a contract extension through the twenty twenty seven season. The Cardinals still. We've never had a head coach last longer than six years while the team has existed for over 100 years. Sad. 100 years. Not only has Cliff Kingsbury been fired, the GM, whose name escapes my mind, has resigned. This is off the back of the issues that they had stemming from the Mexico City game where the offensive line coach was reported to have uh, alleged uh, sexual misconduct in a bar inside of Mexico City and was sent home a day early before a day or two early before the game, in which case he has countersued the Arizona Cardinals because it is believed that it is a is it is a claim of mistaken identity as it was the general manager who looks just like the offensive line coach and not Kugler himself, Kugler being the offensive line coach. So a lot of weird stuff that's already happened in Arizona. They are now cleaning house, uh, but we'll still have uh, some some legislate or some legalities coming down uh, probably within the next year or two. Um, more from Ian Rappaport and a guy that uh, I did 
not really expect his name to come up during the coaching carousel at the end of the season. But Ian Rappaport did state the Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick tells reporters that he'll be back for another season in 2023 and quote, the process will start today End quote, he'll meet with owner Robert Kraft, like every year coaches and then players quote, it'll be a comprehensive course of action End quote from Bill Belichick. Well, first thing he's going to do is fire Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator because that was a shit <laughs> was show. So bad. That was so bad. He might then fire Mac Jones as he probably should. Bring in Bailey Zappi. It's zapping time. <laughs> there is some news about coaches being hired or at least going through an interview process. Uh, there has been a lot of news about this coach coming from his alma mater and where he is currently coaching and making a comeback into the NFL. The he he has announced uh, earlier that he is not interested in the Carolina Panthers job. But this one coming from Ian Rappaport, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh is set to interview with the Broncos this week as he continues to flirt with a return to the NFL. But Michigan has the chance to make all of this go away. The chance that Michigan has uh, to make it all go away is giving him a contract extension. Don't forget that he did restructure his contract and take a lower sum of money to stick around. The NFL has now come calling with the Carolina Panthers, who he has shut down. There are also some other teams that could vie and make plays for Jim Harbaugh. Jim did release a statement statement on Twitter saying that uh, it sounds like he's going to stick around at Michigan, but he could be tempted away. Um, there was also another tweet um, coming from Ian Rappaport. The Broncos have requested permission to speak with the Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, uh, one of their top candidates last year, one of their top candidates this year. They probably should have just went with him. If he was going to be their top candidate last year, he at least has head coaching experience, although not very good outside of that one Super Bowl run where they got blasted in the end. Um, there's also more reports of the Broncos going to bring in Sean Payton for an interview. Now, Sean Payton is still technically under contract with the New Orleans Saints, which means that he is not able to interview with any NFL team until January 20, or excuse me, January 17th per Roger Goodell in the NFL. Um, I don't know if the, um, if the Broncos could even match the price of whatever the, the Saints want for Sean Payton, but I also do not want to see him in the AFC West. Yeah, I'd feel much more comfortable with Dan Quinn over there rather than Sean Payton. Sean Payton, uh, he he has been linked with both the Chargers and the Broncos, I think, since the Chargers made the playoffs. I don't really think there's an opportunity there for Sean Payton to come in. The Chargers don't like to go through head coaches as much as the Cardinals do, um, but I think he's he would have a good shot at the, at the Broncos – if they if he wants that job and a uh, couple two final bits of news here first uh second to last one comes from Ari Mirov the Steelers will have the 32nd overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft via the Chase Claypool trade that's usually the last pick in the first round however there are only 31 picks this year because uh Miami had their stripped away from the tampering case with Tom Brady at the beginning of the season. What a shit show by Miami. 
and what a fantastic job done by the by the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were either going to trade him to Chicago or they were going to trade Chase Claypool to the Packers. They believed that the better pick would come from the Chicago Bears, and so they decided to send him over there, in which case Chase Claypool did bupkis. Anyways. And in our final bit of news here, this one coming from Tom Pelissaro, something that we already know that the AFC championship game, should it come down to the Bills and the Chargers, will go to a neutral site. But one thing that should be noted is Roger Goodell will determine the neutral site for the AFC championship game, which is scary. Now, we do know that the Indianapolis Colts have already declined they, they will not be hosting the AFC Championship game. They have already had events in place during that weekend. They will not break the contract in which they are obligated to uphold uh, or lose a lot of money. So the Indianapolis Lucas Oil Stadium is out of the conversation. There was conversation to have this be held at Pittsburgh Steelers Stadium in Pennsylvania. However, if I heard this correctly, the Pittsburgh stadium is now also out of the equation due to events in which they will not be breaking the contract for what I have heard is that the Las Vegas Raiders are vying for the AFC championship game. Should a neutral site be required. And I got to tell you as upset as I was, if it, if it should happen, let it be an arrowhead West. It'll still be a home game. It'll be closer to us than it will be the bills. I won't be too upset with it. I, I was going to say that's yeah. Sean was probably getting ready to say it. Like the Raiders were saying how upset, like the owners are upset that how many Chiefs fans are in their in their stadium when we come to play. So they're just we're just going to be packing ourselves right back in there. So it's, as well. it's strange to me, uh, but yeah, if they I, want I, more Chiefs fans and you know coming to that stadium, I mean that's we'll the recipe be, for it. We'll disrespect the Bills, the Bengals, the Raiders, whoever you put in there. We're going to start doing a, a Rosie Posey dance, breaking the huddle every time. Rosie O'Donnell. That's it for the news. Uh, there, what the fuck is it? There will be a lot more to come out with new firings, new hirings, and trades to come before the draft. Uh, but let's take a look back at week 18. Starting off with our power ranking from last week, where we ranked the uh, rookies. And I got to say, it's another best damn list. I don't know, man. I don't know if there's any changes. I'll I'll, uh, leave it to you boys, should there be any. But let's get this one started off with our rankings from last week's show. Starting off with the best rookie in the league, Sauce Gardner. Number two, Tariq Woolen. At three, we had Damian Pierce. Garrett Wilson. At five, we had Chris Olave, followed by James Houston. At seven, Kenneth Walker III. At eight, Aiden Hutchinson. At nine, Ikum Ikwanu. And at 10, George Pickens. Boys, are there any changes that you believe need to be made to this list? The only change I can see is we're going to move Garrett Wilson up from number four to number three. Joe Flacco, Mr. Elite Joe Flacco, was his quarterback this past week, and he came in with nine catches for 89 yards. Just imagine what this guy can do if he has a single competent quarterback. That offense is is making the the Jets a pretty highly touted destination spot for some free agents out there. 
doubt. And I, didn't Garrett Wilson have his best games with Joe Flacco at the beginning of the season? Joe was in for three or four games. His best games were with the oldest man in the room. The one guy who threw it 55 times. Yeah. <laughs> that, he, he, he even had an interview. His that... shoulder's going to fall off. <laughs> Maybe. No, he's still elite. <laughs> <laughs> but he, there, he had an interview earlier in the season where he described the difference between Zach Wilson throwing him the ball and Joe Flacco throwing the ball. Uh, and Zach Wilson doesn't have the placement, the ball placement, to be an NFL quarterback. He's a, you know, at best, he's a backup. Uh, let's let's get Garrett Wilson and company some competent quarterback play, and the Jets might make the playoffs. Eric Carr, Jimmy G. Anything's Lamar. better than Zach Wilson. Yeah, just about. I mean, it, it is, but there's also some big name guys that are going to be out there. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to put Jimmy G in the big name. Like he's a he's a competent quarterback, and if given time in the pocket, he can make certain throws. They're not great throws, but he can make certain throws. You've got Derek Carr and a guy that we give a lot of trash talk to for being a Raider and kind of the person that he is. Um, but he's a very competent, a very solid quarterback above league, league average. Uh, you got a guy in Lamar Jackson. I'd say he can is, make better throws than Jimmy G. Oh, I'd, I'd take Derek Carr over Jimmy G. Oh, 100%. And, and then don't forget, like you've got a guy in Lamar Jackson who is going to be potentially available for pennies on the dollar if he gets franchise tagged. And if not franchise tagged, he's going to be a wide open free agent. He's going to Miami, man. Good. He could. I don't think that's a bad move for him. Go home. But there are some open spots and some some highly touted destinations for guys to go to. Uh, and, and the Jets is going to be one of those because I think they still have some picks this year, too. Well, let's get into our games of the week. We picked probably three of the best games that could have been picked. Tybo, let's start off with yours. Yeah, I called it wrong the Ravens didn't feel very motivated it didn't look like they felt very motivated to win this game Um, the game was physical overall but Cincinnati scored 17 points right out of the gate and Baltimore ended up with 16 points on the night so the the Bengals could have stopped right there um, and still won the game Um, but it was it hit the 10 minute mark in the second quarter and the Bengals were up 17-0. Um, the Bengals' first drive was about 10 minutes long. Um, they dominated uh, time of possession in this game. Um, but it felt very Chiefs-like um, in their formula to win this game. They got up big, and they started the coast a little bit. It was 21-7 going into halftime, and it was 27-16 to end the game. Um, the Ravens didn't really make it a game, and the Bengals knew they had it, had it, had had the game in hand, so they didn't, it didn't see a whole lot of effort out of them. Um, third quarter on um, there were a couple of bright spots for the Ravens um, their pass rush did get home a couple of times and Joe Burrow was on the run a lot in this game um, and then Isaiah likely on offense a uh, hundred yard game mossed a couple of people out there he just rookie too I mean he looks great um, gonna easily fill the shoes of Mark Andrews if and when um, they part ways, um, and who knows if he can even stay healthy to, to play more. Uh, but I, Isaiah likely, somebody we talked about in the offseason, um, 
fantastic job, but not enough because the Bengals had this one in the bag. <laughs> and uh, I, it was cool to see Joe Burrow hit, hit the turf a little bit. Um, he fumbled one in this game as well. They have to turn around and play the same team again, and it might be Lamar, Lamar Jackson. It's probably going to be Lamar Jackson quarterback in that team. So look for this game next week or in the playoffs to be in the wild card round in the playoffs to be way more competitive. This game wasn't great to watch. Um, so it is what it is. Yeah, I would expect a lot more and, and for Lamar to be back. Um, I just can't see him being out for a playoff game. My game uh, on Saturday night was the Titans versus the Jags in Jacksonville. Uh, the boys called it pre-show a game of the, the middiest mid-game you could ever have. <laughs> uh, and it was not great. It was not. We do know that Tennessee has – both teams really have great defenses. The Titans have been able to stick around in a lot of games, even without Ryan Tannehill at the helm uh, and without Derrick Henry in the backfield. They've been able to stick around just because Mike Vrabel knows how to make a defense work. Uh, it's it's amazing his defensive mind and acumen. Um, but for the most part, this game was what you, it, it's what you'd expect. It was very uh, mediocre. Christian Kirk did almost have himself a hundred yards. Trevor Lawrence didn't turn the ball over, played well. They didn't rush the ball. They threw the ball a ton. Titans as close as they kept it. Really, we knew what what the deal was going to be. You're going to give Derrick Henry the ball 30 times. The Jaguars know how to play defense against a rival. He only had 109 yards, no touchdowns. And you limit Joshua Dobbs, a guy who made two starts in six years in the league. Uh, and he'll be able to definitely stick around as a backup in this league. I think he's made a case that he should be definitely kept on a roster. That He's smart. He has a strong work ethic. He can get a playbook down in a very short amount of time and be able to make a uh, 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 contribution whenever you need him to. So that's good on Joshua Dobbs to make sure to keep himself in the league. Uh, but at the end of the day, we knew without Ryan Tannehill that the Titans are just not a good team. No matter which way you push it, no matter how close they can stay in games, without somebody who can at least move the ball a little bit, they're going to be bad. And that's exactly what they were. What did they finish this season with seven losses in a row? Eight? Eight losses in a row. That's just sad to see. Injury had a lot to do with that, but that is a sad thing to see. Two two very, like, fringe playoff teams here. Very fringe. One that has a bust of a player. Stop it. Going on to the final game of the week. The final regular season game of the year. Detroit Lions versus the Green Bay Packers. Lions 20, Packers 16. You love to see it. I called it at the beginning of the year. The Lions would finish above the Packers in the division. Just had to come down to the very last game of the year. First half of the game was just a good old-fashioned kickoff. Nothing but field goals. All first half. Halftime score was 6-9. Nice. Uh, Going the Packers away. And then finally, the Lions just decided to open things up. They got Jamal Williams the ball inside the five with a one-yard run. That really opened it up, switched it up to the Packers scoring. 
shortly after that. And finally finishing with the line scoring again to end it all so they can be up 20 to 16. There's a lot of stuff going on in this game that you just knew the Lions were going to go for it no matter what. They're going to pull some crazy stuff out. They knew they were eliminated before the game even started. And their whole entire goal, no matter what, going to this game was the Packers are not going to get into the playoffs. They play that, that way the whole entire time. Uh, one big thing from this game, the Lions usually made a few mistakes. They had a big interception called back on hands to the face, I believe. But the first player to eliminate or to intercept Aaron Rodgers three times in a season, Kirby Joseph. He got two the first time they met, and he got one. He technically got two this time, but one was called back. But you love to see it. Aaron Rodgers' last pass of his career, interception, or possibly of his career, more than likely his career in Green Bay, interception. A big boneheaded move by Quay Walker. Really dumped on move right there. Medical staff came onto the field to check a player, and he decides to push them. Big penalty there. Really, really would have helped out the Packers there. Uh, surprising, there was a no call on this one. Jaron Reed with the hit to the head. Elbow. Big, big elbow to the head. Thought they were going to call it that. They called something else. I would expect a fine coming out for that. And what Dan Campbell does all the time, puts his nuts on the table. They had a hook and ladder play call. Towards the end of the game, pass it to Monroe St. Brown. He laterals back to DeAndre Swift, I believe. Got the first down. Very, very smart play calling here, though. A little bit over two minutes left in the game. It was still 2016. Second down and one, I believe. Packers intentionally go off sides, hopefully to save some time on the clock, save some of their touchdowns. Lions decline the call. And convert on the very next play so it was weird seeing them decline to call decline that right away but hey dan campbell was a smart man they got it they got into victory formation and that could be the end of aaron Rodgers in green bay wildly called game um don't forget jamal williams has now broken the record set by sanders for touchdowns in a season one per game at 17 Sanders had 16. So the, the ratio is the same. He just beat it by one. They both had one uh, per game. So um, fantastically done. And, uh, and his uh, uh, game intro shout out to, <laughs> to anime and Naruto. That was hilarious. The swag Kazikage of the den or the hidden, hidden village of the den. That was awesome. Good for that guy. I need to go find that. Because I don't know what you're talking about. So when they when they put the uh, the players up and they like introduce them and and you know when uh, uh who is that Orlando Brown goes he's from Schmoney University or Easy Money University whatever oh. he says so they did that and and he said that uh, he's Jamal or he's uh, Swag Kazekage from the Hidden Village of the Den, which was pretty dope. And, and he had a, a Naruto headband on. It was pretty funny. No, I could <laughs> take that apart if I wanted to, but I don't want to show my nerd. There was somebody else in that game. They were introducing him. I think they were just going through him really fast. But all I got out was the switch to the next person. Disrespectful. You were talking about disrespect. At least let the man say where he's from. 
the. Uh, that was our games of the week. We do have some highlights and lowlights to get to uh, and make fun of some players as they end off the season. But first, we've got a race for the best pick'em record coming from the three of us. And let me tell you, it is going to go into the playoffs. Nobody has definitively been able to win just yet. I kept it close on purpose. Don't get don't get too Calm big down. for your bridges. Calm now. down. Calm down. This is going all the way to the Super Bowl three-way tie. We're all picking the Chiefs. Just okay. like Sean said. Uh this week, Tybo again comes in last place. It's a beautiful sight to see. Nine <laughs> wins. Seven losses. Is it's just, oh, it's just a beautiful. When you come in last place and still have a positive record, like I'm not tripping. I I understand that. I feel that we're not some of these national media guys who go four for seventy five and don't know what the hell they're talking about. Kay Adams, we're looking at you and everybody else on Good Morning Football who says the Chargers <laughs> are going to win. All right, I'm calling you all out, except for Pete Schrager. You know what you're talking about. Uh, so yeah, Tybo took last. I took second this week at 10 wins, six losses. I mean, Sean finally comes back for another dub, 11 wins, five losses. That brings us all closer just a little bit. I'm up to 156 wins total with 111 losses. Sean is only down by four games to Tybo. 158 wins, 109 losses. Tybo is still our leader at 162 wins, 105 losses on the season. We don't have much left to go. There are only 13 games left to pick total. Tybo leads Sean by four. He leads me by six. We're going to see where we can draw this one out. As we have the rest of our pick'em left to go. Was there anything significant that you guys saw that was hilarious or a way that somebody ended their career, Aaron Rodgers, or maybe at a certain place from this week? It was awesome to see J.J. Watt actually being able to play in all 32 active stadiums. He finished that off this week playing in Levi, or whatever it's called, out in San Fran. Candlestick. Candlestick. Oh, no, it is it is Levi. Yeah, I Sorry. get that confused all the time. He did it, man. All 32. That's really impressive for him. Good for him. I thought he was already retired. No, he, this was his final game. Yeah. No, he, he put out the retirement tweet. He was retiring tweet. after yeah. the season. Yes. It was, that was, it was two weeks, last week or two weeks ago, it was his final home game of his career when he put that tweet out. I don't know, man. Um, it was nice to see the Patriots go out in Patriot fashion. Have nothing left. Realize that your team is demoralized and that you're not going to be good for a long time. And I absolutely love it. They deserve everything is bad. Bill Belichick going to retire soon? No, he said he's coming back for the 2023 season. Well, I, just so I, I don't know. I hope soon so. in general, like. They could bring in Freddie Kitchens to be their head coach. That would go over great. I personally love seeing the Texans beat the Colts. The way that happened, Mills Mafia going crazy. What was what? Fourth and 12, they convert that. Sideline toe touch by Brandon Cooks. 
was fourth down over they made that touchdown. Went through the dude's hands. Right through him. Right through his hands. Ballsy, ballsy play to call two there. He said, you know what? We're going for the win. And it turned out well because the Colts suck. And the Colts had to come back and they led just to get beat by one point in the end. I don't th- that's going to be an open coaching position, right? We're, we're not going to see Saturday stick around as much as he wants it, as much as Jim Irsay loves to hand his friends free jobs and a lot of money for it. He can't keep doing that, right? It's already been confirmed that I think they're looking at the Rams offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and somebody else. Lions offensive coordinator, Rams defensive coordinator. That's what it was. Should the Browns be looking? While we're on the subject of head coaches, we've got a few of them here. Should the Browns be looking for a new head coach? Do you think they'll be looking for a new head coach? I don't think they will be. They should be. But since this was kind of a throwaway year, since you didn't have your quarterback until week 11, 12, they're going to keep him around for a little bit. But if he starts off bad next year, I bet they fire him. Yeah, they, they need some continuity because while they've been terrible for a while, they've also gone through a ridiculous amount of head coaches. Yeah. So I mean, they could, they could years, use a little bit of stability, you know, coming off of a very questionable this, year. This was year four with Stefanski, wasn't it? Is it? So you, yeah. So, you, I mean, you know what he is. You know that he's going to try to throw the ball when he has Deshaun Watson. And even though you have the two best running backs in the league, like he's not – He's not what you thought he was when you brought him in. He's not this offensive guru. Clear as day. Uh, what about the Washington commies? Do we see Ooh. Ron Rivera being let go? Sam Howell looked amazing, and they we absolutely can hope for like brand new ownership. Cowboys. That's going to bring in everybody new. <laughs> and Snyder was not at the game, and he does not miss games. He's getting into a lot of legal trouble because that man deserves to be in jail. But go to jail. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. Sam Howell's first career NFL pass is a touchdown. That's looking great for him. He looks like he's essentially just a different version of Heineke for them. Better arm. Better arm. A little bit better runner. They rallied around him like they did Heineke because everybody knows they hate Wentz. Everybody hates Wentz, apparently. Then the other game from the NFC East that I was really curious was the Eagles-Giants. Eagles played their starters and Giants did not. And the Giants still kept it a semi-close game. Granted, it was not really close for most of it, but final score looked like it was going to be pretty close. If you have Davis Webb as your quarterback... Who? Jalen didn't play. Jalen did play. Oh, Jalen did play? Yeah. Oh, man, that's not good. Yeah. That's not good. Boy, that's bad. No touchdowns for him either. Maybe they went super vanilla playbook. Who knows? The Giants definitely benched all their guys because they they, they can't move up or down with a win or a loss, so it didn't matter, but. That's the funniest shit ever, though, is the Giants were able to sit so many people and you have a coach like Brandon Staley over there with the Chargers saying, we only have 48 available people we can play. We got to play some people. Playing all their starters for most of the game. Like, I don't know if that's bad management on him. Like At this point, everybody on the Chargers every single year is getting injured. 
and it can't just be up to the coaches to try and have to play the best available. We've talked about it before. They have to fire their entire physio staff, athletic trainers, doctors, everyone. At this point, you have the same players getting injured year in, year out, and it's multiple players. This is the first, like the first full season that uh, Derwin James has played in three years. What it, at, at some point you can't, you got to stop br- blaming the coaches and Brandon Staley as bad as we may think he might be. It's got to be a medical issue. Especially when your doctor puncher, punctures people's lungs. <laughs> and he's still it's okay. On, I was and he's say, still if, on the if he's still there, like they, he's you, still there. That, that was your that was your sign. Okay. <laughs> now they're stuck with him. Now he's in too deep. They have to they have to double down. They have to they have to keep oh, him. McVeigh talked earlier today, Sean McVeigh of the Los Angeles Rams talked about how he will take a step back for the next few weeks and review whether he wants to even continue being a coach, let alone if he wants to continue being a coach with the Rams. Um, What are your guys' thoughts? Should he retire? Should he just go out on top kind of? Uh, Should he find a new team? (laughs) I mean, obviously he didn't go out on top, but he did win last year. It would still be riding hot off the, off the win and just being done. Um, like, d- d- should he just ride it out and be done? If, or should he find another team that aligns with what he can do and maybe actually keep draft picks and still win at the same time? He's going to go to a media job somewhere and he's going to talk to all the sources. So anytime there, there is a head coaching position available, he's going to be like, hey, put my name out there. going to be co- talked about constantly. For a year. So you think he's going to go to uh, to broadcasting, whether it's uh, analyst or or on air uh, for the games? I think that that would probably be the smart move. That's where the money's going to be. We've already seen Tom Brady offered hundreds of millions of dollars. Don't think that'd be a bad move for him. He'll he'll definitely get back into coaching at some point, but it's not going to be a rebuild at all. It's going to be a team that's just right on the cusp of doing something big, and he's going to try to help put them over the top. Like I think retirement would be kind of a shock to me because he's so young, but you are he's right. The money is in. Years. I know the the money is in the the media side. So if he's if he's in that type of mindset, we could see him go. If the if the Browns job became available, do you think Sean McVay would take it? Absolutely. If offered, I don't think he would want to leave LA to go to Cleveland of all places. You're probably right. It would have to be a coastal big city. In Seattle, you're not one of them. Mike McDaniel getting fired this year. Sean McVay will move in. That was interesting. It could have happened. It's definitely off the table now that they've made the playoffs. uh, Owner John Ross did talk about that. Um, But no, no longer an option now that they have made the playoffs. Here's a scenario for you. Lions become really good. They make the playoffs over the next few years. Dan Campbell just cannot get them over the hump. Do they go out? McVay, does he do it? (laughs) Same question applies. Detroit? Not much better than Cleveland. There's there's water nearby. (laughs) Water nearby Cleveland. 
yeah, Detroit would just be the better story, though. That would be. It would be a very good story. Uh, anything yeah, from this I, weekend? I don't want a coach to come into Cleveland and, like, turn Deshaun Watson around. Like, I yeah. want them to keep going further in the toilet. So, Anything from this weekend specifically that you guys wanted to talk about? That was Mike nice Tomlin. to see Tyreek Hill play bad. Mike, Mike Tomlin, Tomlin, yes, Mikey T. No losing record. Sad huge, that he has to huge. miss the playoffs for it, but it's yeah. good to see that that uh, he's the man has still got it. He is going to be an amazing persona whenever he's done coaching. The interviews that he does with his former players are just amazing. Did you see the one uh, he was talking about the game against the Browns and talking all the shit on Deshaun as subtle as can be? No, I have not heard that. Forgot exactly where I found it. I'll try to find it for you guys, but it's hilarious. He's just taking shots at Deshaun all day. He's like, you know what? This place is just exposed open. We're going to go for it. I can't remember everything else now, but I'll find that video for you and send it to you. Yeah, I need that. Um, Tyreek Hill playing awful, getting frustrated. It was beautiful to see. The Falcons look like they may have something in uh, Riddler. Or Ritter, Ritter, excuse me. No, the not Riddler. the Riddler. The Riddler. Not the Riddler. <laughs> I mean, kind of looks like him. Um, but obviously in Ritter and in uh, Tyler Algier, or Algair, as Tybo likes to call him. Uh, Algier. <laughs> Got to think Cordero Patterson is gone, right? Good chance left. Left? Awful. Right? Left? He's not left-handed. I didn't say that. Is he? They do definitely still need some help at the wide receiver position, but they may still – I guess they'll get uh, – no, they traded Ridley. Where'd uh, Calvin Ridley go? Where'd he get traded to? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. That's, wow. I forgot <clears throat> all about that. That'll be interesting. Yeah, man, I don't know. There's not – there's not too much. We had some implication games, some fun plays that happened. Uh, the Seahawks, oh, the, uh, the the Seahawks interception at the end of the game uh, to, so that they could go down and get the field goal to win in overtime. Uh, Diggs, Former interception Lion. on at the end, stops as he's running back, points at Bobby Wagner, former Rams linebacker on the sideline. Former, former Seahawks, Seahawks linebacker on the sideline and then returns it like another 20 or 30 yards before going down. How that's not a taunting call, I don't know, but I love every single second of it. You're, you're, you're thankful for those no calls. Well, of course. You need those moments. That's what makes the sport so great is when you can taunt in that sort of fashion. Sounds like Ty Bob might not have been the best, you know, sportsman back in the day. Uh, yeah. Listen, if you're an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, there's no such thing as sportsmanship. All right. You talk trash in the trenches, punch dudes in the face, get under the get under the chin strap, have a little fun down there. I don't know what I you got. Not, I don't I know was what not you, a shit talker. Like oh, it was, it was <laughs> my tack my tackle and I would nonstop shit talk the entire game while pancaking linebackers and defensive ends. It was great. Mm-hmm. Did we get put on your ass? 
Did I? Yeah. No. Never? <laughs> I was the I was the main we were mainly a running team. I was the main puller. They would switch me left and right if we ever did counters or traps for me to pull. Um and then when we did pass set, uh they'd always drop. They'd go they'd go to a three front and never a four front. So I usually didn't necessarily have somebody on me unless they were blitzing and then and in that case, no, I just I had not been put on my butt. Good for you, man. Thanks, dude. That's where'd, you play, be- where'd you play college ball again, Ty Bob? Midland University. Mm-hmm. Division two. Where's that at? Nebraska. 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 I wouldn't say I was great. Listen, I went to a small school. We played in the Kansas City, Kansas League. All right. I didn't say I was great. The guys that came out of Kansas. You just City. you you can't admit that you were ever put on your ass. Ever? I think so. Not that I mean, what freshman year? I don't know. <laughs> I was a two hundred pound defensive lineman in high school, and I was going up against bodies that were three hundred pounds plus, and I got put on my ass many times. <laughs> Listen, Casey Casey K was not. They didn't have many people come out of Casey K. Well, that will do it for NFL Week 18. We've got the playoffs coming up uh, starting on Saturday. I'm excited. I'm excited. We've got some good games coming up. And this is where football is played at its best. The cold weather, outdoors for the most part, implications galore, and a title on the line. Make sure you check us back out at the end of the week on Friday as we talk about the games that will be coming up. Uh, Maybe a little bit longer fashion. We'll have to see as the Chiefs do not have a game and we do not have Pick'em or anything else. We'll have Pick'em to get through, but it won't be as long as normal. Make sure you check us back out on Friday. And always remember, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs! Go Chiefs!